0: Whether you want to start a faith-based business or an online ministry,
1: you've come to the right place. This is The Teresa Blaze Show with your host, Teresa
0: Blaze, where she's bringing her over 20 years of consulting experience to the mic. Now, here's Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa Blaze, and this is The Teresa Blaze Show Today, I've got a very special interview with someone whom I've learned a massive amount from, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. Normally, I talk about marketing and how to build a faith-based ministry or business and whatnot, and I think in this case, we're talking about something that is equally as important, and that is uh, your financial education, because as I said in the last podcast, there's two rules. By which people operate, uh, there's two rules that, that by the rich operate, and then there's how the rest of us operate. And Brian fouts has made it a, um, a a a mission to help people understand how things really work. So, with that, Brian, welcome to the show.
1: i Appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be here.
0: For the person that might be listening, maybe they got a little side hustle going on, uh, maybe they got a job that they're working. Why should they be uh, concerned? With financial education, or how, or how they should build their wealth. That's
1: a great question, and um, it goes back to really uh, how we are taught and what we what we learn through our, our you know early parts of our life, uh, because we uh, learn from those around us, our our parents, you know, grandparents, uh, family, friends, those kinds of individuals. But how are we taught to build wealth or to to live? And honestly, um, we're taught by the government. We're taught by a system that is broken. And from a young age, I'm me personally, I was, you know, I grew up in a, in a, a low income house to start with. And I was taught that go to school, get good grades. And the goal is to go to college. And I did that. I, I got good grades. I worked hard. I went to college because that's what I was told to do. And um, after that, I went and got a, a regular job, and I was told work hard and save money and put it away into a, a 401k for someday down the road into the future. And long story short, that is that that did not work out for me because um, I was really good at my job and made good money. I put money into a 401k, and I lost almost all of it in 2008 and nine. And um, and then I tried to get it all back again, and I started to realize that something wasn't working. And I looked around me and everybody else that was doing the same thing, and it was, exa- I was doing the same thing as everybody else around me. And I realized this is not a good way to live. I'm not living a full and fulfilled life. When I looked at it back and I looked at the education system and early you know school years, I realized they're teaching us to be good employees. That's really what it's all about. And who was getting wealthy off that? Well, it wasn't me, right? I was giving my money, handing it over to wall street, the big money machine, the banks, and they were making a killing off of my money. And one of the, um, early epiphanies I I had was that when you think about that, if I came to you and I said, Hey, I'm going to give you a, this deal. You can, t- you, you can actually make money with zero risk. And, and is, and it's not even your own money. Does that sound like a good deal to you, Teresa?
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if it's, um, if it's someone else's cash and there's no risk on your part, I'd probably take that as well as anyone.
1: And guess who that person is. It's wall street. They're taking your money, or, you know, the workers' money. It's not theirs. So they're not at risk. And yet they're making money off of it. If the market crashes, guess what happens? You lose money, they don't. And so I started to realize that this was the system that I was indoctrinated into. And then I uh, saw so it set me on a mission really to start to realize to understand what is true financial literacy. It is not taught in schools. They don't teach you how to run a, you know, a successful business, how to be an entrepreneur, how to truly invest like the, like the wealthy. They don't teach those kinds of things in school. It's not common knowledge. And the reason why that we think about it is, you know, back in the industrial age, of course, the educational system was developed to create, uh, basically factory workers. That's what we are. We're just, we're drones. And so that was, that really set me on my, my mission, which is what I'm still on today is to really understand how the wealthy truly think about money, but how they also live a free life. But how can we, How can those who are motivated, those who want to have more success and a more fulfilled life and really help those around them, how can we learn from what they're doing to do that in our lives, to have that more freedom, the more financial freedom in our lives by understanding how successful investors, entrepreneurs, business owners think differently than everybody else. And so that's the mission that I'm on today. And it's very important to me to really share this with people because when you do understand this, when you change that mindset, make that switch in your mind around how money truly works it really opens different doors Um, because a lot of people, they struggle with entrepreneurship or they start a business and it fails. It's because that's not the program. It has not changed yet. Um, Your internal thermostat or your money thermostat or your money mindset, it hasn't been updated uh, because there's a different way to think about money that can allow you to really have more success in life when it comes to financial abundance. And that's just, that's what, that's my journey right now. And I love what I do. And it's uh, it's uh, one I'll probably never stop doing.
0: Your uh, story really resonates with me because um, I really got started on this path and really trying to think through these things by reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I remember so specifically being in a grocery store with my mom. And she looked at me and she said, you will go to college and you will do this and that. And I really didn't know what I wanted. But my first inkling and first reaction was, why? Why should I? And then... I got a hold of that book and that really just, that did it for me. I don't know if you would agree with this statement, but I tell people most often, I learned more outside of school than I ever learned in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, <laughs> all the stuff that I do today, I didn't learn any of that in school. Um, you know, I remember, so I was in construction before I became an investor and entrepreneur. And I was ma- I would manage these, like one of the biggest projects I was on was, uh, I think about three hundred million dollars, and I was the project manager on this, and I would manage money. I mean, all hundreds of millions of dollars. I was in charge of. I'd do the invoicing. I would do write contracts for subcontractors. I'd go pick up, you know, multi-million-dollar checks and deposit them in our company's accounts, and I, I did that, and I was very, very good at it, and I made very good money doing that. Um, what I thought was good money. Now I've had, you know, one day where I make just as much as I did an entire year back then, but um, I was managing that money, and then. Looking back now, I realized I was taught in school to do that job. I was making somebody else rich. Who was I making rich? Well, the owner of my construction company, the owner of the project was making a lot of money, and the owners of all the subcontractor companies were making a lot of money. Me as an employee, doesn't didn't matter, right? I wasn't, I wasn't making more money because the project was successful or not. I had a salary. But looking back, I was taught that in school. I was doing what I was taught. In my own life back then, my finances were a disaster. I mean, they were a a disaster. I I had a negative net worth, had debt, had really no plan in place around what I was doing in my personal life. But yet in my professional career, I was crushing it. This job was going very well. Everybody loved what I was doing. And looking back, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like, man, I was taught to do very well for somebody else, but not taught to do well for myself in my own personal life with my own money. I wasn't taught that. And that really sort of kind of opened my eyes a little bit to what true financial literacy is. Um, it, it's, it's not taught in schools. Oftentimes, you have to go find out find it out on your own. And so that's kind of that's, that's one of the you know epiphanies I had you know early on was that oh my gosh, I mean I was taught to do to do be successful here, but not in my own life. And so that's that's one thing I really like people like I like to help people understand what is true financial literacy.
0: So then, if you had to actually define financial literacy now versus how you thought back then, what does it mean to be financially literate?
1: To be in control of your own money and your own future. That is bottom line to me what it is, is that you are in control. Um, And what I mean by that is that you have to have knowledge, though. You have to have the education and knowledge to be in control. And that's what's not out there. And so if you don't have those things, it's not going to work. And so there's three things I see in people that have, that allows them to have success in pretty much any area of life, but especially when it comes to finances. One is that knowledge and education. You have to be able to get that knowledge and education so you can have control. The second thing you have to have is the belief that you're going to be successful. And belief also comes in, in the, in the form of having a plan, knowing what you're doing and taking action. The third thing is action, right? So it's knowledge, belief and action. Uh, and so when you have all those things in place, you're going to be in control of your financial future. And so really it's about, that's about being empowered. You know, before I was handing my control over to someone else, my employer controlled my time as an example, right? They dictated what they would pay me. They, you know, they would allow me to go on vacation. They controlled me. I gave my money over to Wall Street or a mutual fund manager. They controlled my financial future, right? I didn't really control it. And so I realized I didn't have a lot of control in my life. And so part of my initial journey was to really get control back, to really grasp that. And I did that through the the three things, once again, which is knowledge, belief, and taking action on it. And that's what, when you have true financial literacy, you can can control um, what happens in your life more than you can if you don't have that control.
0: So let's say someone gets the financial reboot and they start going, you know what? I'm sick of working for someone else. I'm sick of paying them. I want to start doing things right. What are some suggestions that you would give them, like concrete suggestions to start uh, taking control of their own wealth and their own time?
1: Yeah. So there's actually a few things that um, I learned early on. And one was the three sources of income. This was like a mind opener for me when I learned about this, like the three sources of income. And uh, and there's main there's a couple of main ones. There's more than just the three, but these are the main ones. So the first one is what we call active income. And that's where you're trading time for money. I go to work, I work an hour, I get paid, you know, $15, right? We all start there and unfortunately where most people get stuck there. They're always trading time for money. And you'll find out that people that are employee employees, that's where they are, self-employed individuals are also typically in that, that space as well. And we get stuck there, right? Trading time for money. That's what we're taught to do. Hey, you want to make more money? Work harder.
0: Or or get another client.
1: Yeah, or get another client, work more, work harder, all that kind of stuff. You're trading time for money. And unfortunately, most people live their entire life or most of their life in that bucket. Trading time for money, what we call active income. The second source of income, though, is what we call portfolio income. And that's things like stocks and, mar- and, you know, in the market, 401ks, mutual funds, um, IRAs that are in the stock market as well. And portfolio is where a lot of people in their active income take like, you know, 10 or 15% of it and they put it into the portfolio income bucket. Okay. makes sense? Now, here's a question. How do you get income from the portfolio bucket?
0: Um, if you're just basing it on equity, you really don't.
1: No, you have to sell the asset. That's how you get it. Yeah.
0: I would, I would ask this question. What about like, for example, stocks that pay dividends? Because then you're dealing with cash flow, right?
1: That's a different bucket. Ah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So so the, the portfolio is a portfolio of, of investment assets that do not provide cash flow, right? That's, that's the traditional path. And so to sell those assets, you have to sell the, or to, or to get income, you have to sell the asset. I think of a 401k. So here's how it traditionally works for people. This is kind of scary. You work 30, 40 years in the active income bucket. And then when you stop doing that, well, that's the big thing about that income bucket is when you stop doing anything in it, it stops providing any kind of income, right? You stop doing that and then you move to the portfolio bucket. And that replaces your active income by selling the assets inside of it. Well, that's kind of a scary thing because as you sell the assets, guess what happens to your portfolio? It gets smaller. Well, gee, I hope it's going to last long enough until I die, right? That's the mindset that people have. And that's why you see so many people working longer and longer because they're so scared about their portfolio getting crushed in the markets or going away or not having any money, and that's a traditional path.
0: And, and so that I find that interesting because I've seen a lot of older generation. Uh, when we were, you know, allowed to travel, <laughs> uh, we were taking Ubers, and we would see a lot of older individuals. Well, I'm retired, but I'm doing this to make a little income.
1: Yeah. And that's driven by fear, which to me, I don't want to live life in fear. And I, I, I nobody else should either, but that's unfortunate. you know. And so then the third source of income is passive. And the difference in a passive income bucket is these are assets that provide cash flow, like a rental property or a, a stock or bond that has dividends associated with it. These are things that provide income without the asset going away. And unfortunately, most people don't really understand how to acquire assets that do that. They don't understand that type. They, they want that passive income. We all want that, right? But how do you get it? How do you build that? Because unfortunately, we spend all this energy in the active income and no time on the on the portfolio or passive side of it. The difference, the switch that I when I you know, started studying and working with uh, other successful investors, is that they flip that around. They really want to focus as much as they can on building assets that they can put into that bucket for passive income, and they really have this switch in their mind that's a little bit that they switch to do that. And it's so like one of the questions I always ask now is like, let's say, it's like, how do I make money now? Think about that question right there, because that is the, the subconscious question we all ask ourselves when we look at an opportunity. Hey, I'm going to go sell my house. How do I make money now? Well, I sell it and get the equity, right? How do I make money at my job? Why work harder? I get paid now. I'm getting paid now, right? I look at this. I look at a lot of ticket. I get paid now as an example, right? Versus change that question to how do I get paid for life? So as an example, there's been opportunities I've taken where I've actually taken the opportunity and I get paid zero upfront. Hey, there's one I did where I didn't get paid for 12 months. But after that, I got paid a few hundred bucks a month and I'll get paid that for at least 30 years. I'm, I want to get paid for life. That's very different than, than getting paid now. And so that's a great switch to, to, to make in your mind when you look at opportunities. How is this going to pay me for life? Versus getting me paid now.
0: I'll tell you right now, that's like doing a massive uh, brain work on my mind because I, you know, like like for example, um, I'm using the Robinhood app because it's actually accessible to me. Like I can actually navigate it using my phone as a totally blind person. But I'm I've taken that and I said, well, I don't want to just invest in stock for for um a, a, a value. I'm literally looking for the ones that have dividends associated with them.
1: Yeah, that's a, and that's how you get paid for life. That's a great way to look at it, you know. And that's that's unfortunately, like when you look at a 401k, a 401k sort of uh, is in that same kind of bucket because it's a longer term strategy. But like a 401k, as an example, how does it benefit you right now? It doesn't. It'll benefit you in the future, right? And then when you when you, when you in the future, you're going to get paid now through your 401k. Like I want to get paid for my 401k for life. So I don't use a 401k. And
0: I just thought about something with that too. If you decide you want to get paid now or you want to take some money out of it, what are they? does uh, Uncle Sam usually do? They penalize you for it.
1: Penalize you or you have to pay back a massive interest rate. And so like that's why we talk about the elevation banking concept so much at EVG because elevation banking does the exact opposite. It allows you to get paid now and for life. That's 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 what I want to do. I, I I like getting paid all across the board, right? Get paid now and get paid for life. Elevation banking does that, and it can fully replace a 401k. But the big, biggest thing about what it does for you is it puts the control into your hands, not Wall Street, not the IRS. Because the 401k, by the way, um, to me is a ripoff and it is kind of a scam if you know how it even originated. It was not meant to be a retirement plan. And this is some of the stuff that I've learned that I'll just share with uh, your listeners here. The four hundred one k was developed back in the eighties or the late seventies. Uh, I don't remember now, but you know, a little, a little over forty years ago. And it originally, it was IRS Section four hundred one k. First off, think about what is the job of the IRS
0: to control the taxes.
1: Well, yeah. So first off, they're internal. They're internal to the government. Their job is revenue. So IRS revenue, revenue for the government. And then service, who do they serve? The government. <laughs> so they're not serving you. They're serving the government. So they don't have your best interest in mind. Um, so that's one thing that I don't like. I don't like them being in control. I don't mind paying in, you know, taxes, but I, I'm also okay paying a lot less, <laughs> as an example. And so the 401k was actually developed or meant to actually be a shelter for CEOs who got large benefits. So they get a huge payday. And they don't want to pay taxes on it. They put it to the 401k, which defers the taxes to later on in life, right? What, and this is kind of summing it all up. There's a lot more to it, of course. But what ended up happening is, if you recall, uh, corporations used to have pensions. And a pension essentially is when the employer takes money from you and then invests it on your behalf. And then they are responsible for your financial future. Their employer is. Well, is that a good thing for the employer? Well, no, they're taking a lot of risk, right? They got to pay you for life. And if you live a long time, they got to pay money. So they've got to invest that thing very good to get that pension, to be able to, to make that pension grow, to pay you. And so all of a sudden, along came the 401k and our corporations were like, hey, wait a second here. I can do a 401k underneath our employee, put umbrella, and the employee will fund it, but the employee is responsible for it, not the employer anymore. The employee is responsible for it. The employer is just the gateway to make it happen, right? It's you know, it's done exactly. It takes the risk away from the employer and puts it on the employee. But is the employee, are they truly in control? Are they truly knowledgeable about how to manage that asset? Of course not. Of course not. And so you have this massive sk- scheme that happened essentially, where also on Wall Street, they have this massive payday now which is the 401k. They're making massive money on it. The IRS is like, holy cow, this is awesome because guess what? Taxes aren't going down. Yeah, they're deferred into the future, but guess what? You're going to pay more taxes then. You're probably going to pay more taxes because you have less deductions. And so the 401k is like, it's it's, it's this really scary device out there that is supposed to provide financial future for people, you know, security. And in my opinion, it, it does not do that um, for most people. There are some, of course, that it can work for as long as you manage it, but that's Part of what I learned as I've gone through the journey is what you know inside EBG, our members, we talk about this all the time because that is true financial literacy to understand how these things work. Knowing how things like LHM banking work, how to become your own bank, where you can actually have a vehicle that defers taxes, of course, but also gives you tax-free retirement, gives you guaranteed growth of your money, and allows you to use that money in two places at the exact same time. I mean, those kinds of things and those opportunities are what I come across and what we now learn about because that is how you build wealth is with those kinds of tools that are not available to the average person. And so these are things that we talk about. It's called infinite banking. You can look it up, but um, these are some of the things that I've learned that have really opened my eyes as to how money really, and it truly, honestly does work. And I can, another example of um, something that we teach our members is how to understand your current situation and where your money's going. And so if you've ever, re- if you've read uh, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, You probably have heard about the personal balance sheet and income statement. And those terms are what uh, businesses use to manage their money. Well, why don't you do that personally? And so that was kind of a switch in my mind that I made. I'm like, well, wait a second. Of course, I should have this for me personally. And then so what we do inside EBG, like I talk about this, is that a poor person, a middle class person, and a wealthy person all have very different personal income statements and balance sheets. They're all very different. And when you look at them, I mean, it's like, all of a sudden it's like, it's like wiping the, you know, it's like getting a clear picture all of a sudden, or all of a sudden something that you're listening to is like garbled and muffled, all of a sudden it becomes crystal clear. That's what it's like when you see those examples. And all of a sudden it, it kind of dawns on people They're saying, holy cow, I'm in this rut right here. i I have these bad habits or they don't think they're bad, but now that you look at the balance sheet or income statement there, you realize I'm in this situation right now because of the way I'm thinking, the way I'm acting and the actions I'm taking. And when you look at a wealthy person, their actions are very different. Their focus is very different. Their strategies are very different. And so when you have that knowledge about that and you start to make that shift, that's where you start to build real lasting wealth.
0: Very, very interesting. So if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, well, I own a company um, or I'm, you know, I put a lot of time into the ministry that I run, which a lot of our audience is kind of a faith based business owner or they've started an online ministry, uh, but they're thinking, man, I don't know if I've got anything for the future. How would you suggest that they start? Like, let's say they have a small amount of capital to invest. How would you suggest that they actually get started?
1: Well, it depends. Well, first off, here's the thing. And this is this is uh, one of the biggest ones I, um, I would talk about in our membership is that before you can take action today, you have to know where you're going. You have to know that outcome that is gonna that you want to have, and I relate this back to, let's say you know before COVID, COVID of course, uh, going on vacation. Let's let me let me ask you a question. Look at it this way, okay, you're gonna go on vacation sometime next year. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how long you're gonna be gone, and I don't know how much it's gonna cost you. It could be in the Antarctic, it could be Hawaii. Are you excited about that vacation? Too many unknowns. Versus. You're going to want a vacation on this specific date. You're going to be gone for 10 days. You're going to this specific uh, exotic location. And we've got about three events or you know um, outings planned for you. Um, we're going to get there on this flight at this time. It's going to cost this much. Are you more excited about that vacation?
0: Yep, I am because I actually know where I'm going.
1: And you can start to prepare for it, right? You know how you're going to get there. You know what clothes to pack. That's the same thing when it comes to investing and building wealth. And so here's an exercise that uh, I go through in very in in detail with our, especially with our coaching members that I coach, but also with all of our members, we go through this and we call it, call it our wealth plan and it's three steps. And of course there's, you know, there's more in-depth steps in each one, but I'll just go through them because this is very important. So the first one is you have to know where you're at right now. So if someone has some money built up, it's in their ministry, they have some capital built up or they want to build more capital or they want to build wealth, whatever, it doesn't matter you have to understand where are you at right now. And more to the point, you have to understand what led you to where you're at. Do you like where you're at right now? Do you want to change where you're at? And so in the lessons I go through inside this, I really dive into what habits have led you here that you need to change. Can you identify them? What money um, beliefs do you have that are limiting you right now? And really start to dive into that and really dive into to where you're at right now. Where are you at financially right now? Like I, I get into the numbers. Like Where are you at? Write them down. Numbers. Where's your money coming from? Where's it going? Are you losing money, bleeding money? Just really get uh, truly honest about where you're at right now. You have to be honest with yourself about where you're at right now and really understand it because until that point, you can't really change. So that's one thing I do. That's the first step. The second step, which is very important is you have to know where you're going what's that outcome and i usually use three years um, as the uh, kind of the, the um, picture to, to look forward in and in that case what we do is we ask, we sit down and we say where do you want to be what is in three years what's that ideal life that you're living that gets you excited that gets you jazzed that you are fulfilling you're fulfilling that dream of yours you're helping people you're spreading you know the message that you believe in out there what's it look like where do you live what house do you live in you travel. How much money do you have coming in? Cash flow. What's it look like? What are your expenses? I mean, I'm talking. We get detail. What's that life look like? I want you to close your eyes, or you know, meditate and truly picture that life. Truly feel that moment and understand that. And then you have to understand your why. Hey, why do you want this? And there's an exercise we go through called the Seven whys. Somebody asks you why. Seven times and you, of why you want this in your life and you answer typically it changes. The answer will change every time they ask the why. So as an example, someone says, well, I want it for my kids. Okay. Well, why do you want wealth or whatever it is for your kids? Well, I want them to be able to not have to worry about, you know, being hungry. Okay. Why do you want them to be hungry? Well, when I was a kid, I was hungry. Well, okay. Why is that important to you that, that, you know, they don't feel the way that you used to feel? But, and you keep answering that question. The seventh answer is typically your real reason why. And so these are types of things that we go through in this exercise. So that's step two, which is once again, knowing where you're going, that's the, that's the outcome. And then step three is the big one, which is the action plan. You have to actually look at, okay, here's where I'm at today. Here's where I want to be. And then create an action plan, a plan of action, if you want to call it that, to get from where you're at today to where you want to be. Once you have that in place, then you can answer the question of what should I do right now? Because it's going to be different for everybody. If you have some money to invest. You can't really do anything unless you know what you want that money to do when you invest it, right? Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. So it, it would be the difference between um, do you want it to grow or do you want it to bring in cash flow?
1: Yeah, there's lots of different scenarios. You know, some of it, some of it can be. You know, I want to um, acquire more assets, or I want to uh, pay off debt. Can, there's all these different things you can do, uh, but until you know what where you're gonna go. You really don't know how to implement that money, and so this is a mistake I made a lot of. A lot of what I had back in the day was, I would actually take action, but I didn't know really what the action was for. And so I would take massive action, and then something would happen. I get a result. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I'd go do something else, and that was one of my biggest mistakes right there. Is I would do something once and have a little bit of success, a little bit of success, and then I would go do something else because I didn't realize how to, what the next step was you didn't have a plan in place. So as an example, years ago I was doing some real estate stuff and some coaching for some people. And I did a little um launch for a mini course, sold some memberships to that, made $15,000 and had success with the students. Then I shelved that project and went and did something else. And now in hindsight I was like, what was I doing? I had success with that. I made $15,000. Why didn't I keep doing that? $15,000, make another make 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 50 on top of that as an example right i didn't have a plan in place but fast forward today you know i've done a similar a similar thing made you know 75,000 in the span of you know um, a couple hours and now i'm like okay great how do i how do i compound that effect how do i compound that success because here's the plan i have in place this is this the first step okay now my team's going to go work on the second step and the third step and the fourth step because i have a plan of action now because i i know the outcome and so like as an example on that one like my initial step was okay. We have this resource here. We've got to do something with it. We've got to monetize it. That was kind of my initial thing. My second step was where do I want to be? Well, this one is a seven figure. We have a seven figure plan on this one. Um, eventually, uh, eventually nine figures. Or, uh, no, eight figures. We want to do this one. Now we're putting it. Now now we're actually working on our action plan. And so I take that three step process into everything I do now. Because that is how you actually really have success. And whenever I go work with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, I will always see that. They understand the asset they have right now. They understand where they're at. But they really know where they want to go. They, un- they know that outcome that they want to have, that success. That is what gets them excited. And then they build the action plan and take action on it. And really, so if anybody's thinking out there, they I got some money. I got something. I want to expand my business. Um, I want to invest. That's really where I would recommend you start is what you want to get out of it. What's the outcome that's gonna make you excited? Really write that down. Get that thing detailed. Get that picture in your mind about that outcome that's gonna just it's gonna make you take the massive action, but be excited about it. Because the first thing the last thing you want to do is take action, invest some money, and then be worried about it. Be un you know unsettled because you don't you're like, was that the right thing? I don't know. You don't want that.
0: No, so- I can't tell you how many times Mike and I have gone through that. We 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 uh, invest into something for the company and then we're second guessing ourselves and kicking ourselves. Should we really have done that? That was a pretty good chunk of money.
1: Exactly, and so that's why a lot of people will come to me and say, "Hey, I need an I need an investment to put five thousand dollars into." And I, my first response is, "No," <laughs> i was like, "No." <laughs> and they're saying, "Well, what do you mean?" I go, well, "Why do you want to invest five thousand dollars into this? Um, why well, I want my money working for me? Well, why?" And you and well, I want to get a return on it. Well, why do you want to return your money? And you understand, I'm asking the why. I'm trying to ju- I'm trying to get them to think about their why because they don't know the why. And if they don't know the why, I'm not going to, I can't work with them. I can't, I'm not going to give them something that could potentially cause them harm. But like, you know, like, like real estate, it's a great one. Like so we have some members right now that want to get into real estate. And I'm, I'm like, well, why do you want to get into real estate? <laughs> I keep asking those why questions. Right. And they start asking, and I start asking the why, the why, the why. And uh, so I can, so I can try to understand their, their thinking. And it really is a process to help them understand why do they want to do it? Because until they know their why, I mean, it, it, you just don't know. And so, like for me, and I'll share this with everybody, is, is one of my last, you know, uh, things I'll share with you is that why do you want to build wealth? Or well, for me, my initial reason why I started this journey was is because I wanted, my, I wanted my family to not have to worry about money. You know, that, uh, that's what that was my thing. as I, I said, you know, I, and my other big kind of why was well, I don't want to work for an employer, employer. I don't want that. I don't want to work for somebody else. And those were just hints. I would say or shadows of my real why. And everybody always says it's my family. I want to do it for my family. Well, for me personally, it is not my family. I don't do this for my family. I do it because my biggest why is that I want to be in control of my time. That is when I, when I realized this, it was like a huge switch in my mind. What makes me happy is when I'm in control of my time. Nobody else is controlling my time, telling me what to do and when I have to do it. Now, what does that allow me to do though? Right? It allows me to actually spend more time with my family. It allows me to, you know, it allows me to do what I want when I want, you know, so it does affect my family, of course, but my initial why was time, time so that I can do what I want. Maybe that's my family. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's my hobbies, whatever it is. And it's funny. I work more now than I ever used to, even when I had a regular job, yet I have more time as well. And that is a weird concept, but it is so true. I have more time now than I ever had before, yet I work more, but it's a different quality as well. So I have a lot more quality time now with my family than I ever had before um, because we do things that whenever we want, I, I, I stop in the middle of the day and go have lunch with my kids, right. Or we go travel for, uh, we just got back from a a vacation for, you know, we were in Alaska for um, 12 days or something like that. I worked while I was there, but it was a different quality of life because we travel probably two months a year at least. And I could never have done that before. So um, that's just, you know, understanding your why is just so important. So I'd recommend everybody, you know, sit down and really start to try to identify your why. Sit down and just, you know, think about that. What is the why?
0: That I think you really came in and you really kind of made my audience think, I mean, this is something that I am very passionate about. I believe in um, these concepts. I believe in, in understanding your why. I believe in having a financial education outside of the mainstream box that everybody tries to shove you in. And I can tell you right now, Brian Fouts is the real deal. Brian, um, can you talk about the Elevation Group and what it is and why people should uh, come check it out?
1: Yeah, so the Elevation Group was uh, created about uh, 10 years ago as a uh, private investment group to uncover the wealth-building strategies of the ultra-rich and share those those with the world. And so we've had over 50,000 members go through our platform and learn these strategies. And really what we do at DBG is very unique. So first off, It's all about true financial knowledge and access, access to the right people, access to the right strategies. And we do that because I have a vat. I mean, I spend a lot of money traveling a year, going to masterminds and meeting with successful wealthy investors and entrepreneurs and business owners. And then inside the Elevation Group, these advisors, they teach their strategies, their lessons, true financial knowledge to our members. And so you can learn from Robert Kiyosaki's personal advisors. His personal advisors are inside our membership. If you want to learn about how to make money, how to buy a business, how to have true asset protection around um, yourself and your life and your family, how to plan a legacy that you can be proud of. If you want to learn how to invest in real estate, if you want to learn how to actually um, have a portfolio, if you want to learn about how to, you know, have a, you know, increase your credit score, whatever it is around financial information, if you want to learn how to invest into assets, or if you want actual access to investment opportunities, that's what we do inside EVG. So we teach you how to actually, how to really think about money, how to access advisors that can help you take action, and then give you that plan and the access and the connections to make it a reality. That's what we do inside EVG.
0: And guys, you can learn more. Uh, Briana has a really cool, cool webinar. You just pop in your information, and uh, it, you know you'll 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 learn more about EVG. Um, and you can find that by going to Teresa place.com forward slash EVG. I know right now we're doing a lot of active income stuff, but I guarantee you guys, I'm working to build some more passive income. That's kind of my goal. I don't know what your goal is. I don't know where you're at, but I can tell you, Brian can help. And, and Brian, thank you so much for coming and sharing your knowledge with uh, my audience.
1: Absolutely. It was a pleasure.
0: With that, I would just say this, go check out Teresa forward slash EBG. I think you're gonna get a lot out of it. Even even the Bible talks about investing. It talks about the person who he, you know, the 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 the, the owner and he gave his people uh some some talent. And there's the dude that buried his talent in the ground, came back, it's like you're a hard guy, and I knew you'd you know. But then there's the guys that actually took their talents and invested them. Now I know that's not talking about money, but I think If God has given you a way to create income, then he's also asked you to do something with it. And it may not be EBD, but then again, it might. And if it is, this is a good place for you. I'm Teresa Blaze. This is the Teresa Blaze Show. Let's go do this thing.